0: Oh man,
1: such a sad feeling. Having that finished is over
0: now, for yeah. for now, or,
1: um, and now we have to wait a whole year or whatever for Bad Batch. But I guess we only have to wait a month for Star Wars Visions. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And in the meantime, we have Rebels. Yes, I'm yay! Sorry. But here we are. We just watched episodes 14 through 16 of the se- first season of Bad Batch. What a ride, honestly. I don't know how we did it. It's so good. Yep. It is. It is. And it's so good, man. I think it's just like such quality stuff from top to bottom. There are some things, of course, that mm. you can nitpick about and things like that that I think should be better. But. For the most yeah. part, then three episodes <laughs> I really enjoyed with a narrative arc that was very fascinating and very interesting. So good job by them, honestly. Mm. We any-
0: got so lucky with the way we watched this. Yeah. Just like we did we never stopped in between an arc.
1: So good. <sighs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. How you feeling?
0: I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I think I'm a little bit. I'm not glad that Bad Batch's over, but I think having it be 16 episodes was a good a good decision,
1: as opposed to more.
0: Yeah, I think so. Just like short and sweet, you know. See, I mean, from a from a production perspective too, right? You see whether people will like the characters and like yeah. the old times of like. 20 plus episodes per season are gone now anyway so for sure 16 and is there was one episode limit. that i could have cut so
1: oh fuck it i forgot about that one thanks for reminding me yeah. i was so happy with these three episodes <laughs> there were some plot holes here
0: there is something about omega that i don't like and i know you'll be shocked you'll be like <gasps> how dare you but
1: no it's not surprising honestly
0: <laughs> no of course not but the show kind of treats her like she has this magic touch like she can just bewitch anyone and they'll just like i don't know like with crosshair specifically here we see that three uh, three times or something like that where she just has him come around a little bit at least for a time and it's just like yeah I I know that it's supposed to be there but I don't I don't really see it it's just like just because this child says like two sentences I don't know like I really really like Omega don't get me wrong I mean all of the previous episodes you know I've talked about how much I like her I still like her here at some point it's just like no that kind of doesn't work for me yeah a little eye rolly her like stupidity at the end where she's trying to save AZ and almost gets like drowned after everything and like we know she's not gonna like drown they'll they'll not have omega drown in the last five minutes of of this season like that's not how this this uh, season is going to end
1: but yeah i think az's death would have been more effective yeah especially
0: because like it was so affecting and it was visually stunning and it was too like too quick afterwards too like you have this moment like this really heavy moment and then five seconds later, Omega's like, no, and just goes after him. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, also, like, it's kind of a, like, roller coaster ride because you're already, like, feeling the emotions because of AZ. And then Omega does her thing and is like, what, what? <laughs> I'm not ready for this. And so, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really happy about that, to be honest with you. I did like all the um, connections possibly to Grogu and the, uh, like, experiments we have the fascinating question of the timeline how how does that work omega was created before clone force 99 and was like in the lab as they were like as their mutations were enhanced and everything that's really really interesting too i guess that it, since since both of us had been talking about it i was just waiting for one of them to die <laughs> it, like, it didn't happen and also, of course, the reveal with, with crosshair I didn't see coming at all. uh there was a time when I was like questioning like why can he do this like if he has the chip, but they very quickly explain it later i't I still don't know how I feel about that, so we'll just talk through it. What about you?
1: I mean, I think the most important parts of these episodes are in the background, things like the coming new ones you mentioned the Rise of the stormtroopers and the fall of the clone mm. troopers, essentially. Yeah. And those are the parts that are really interesting and how that ties into everything that we know already about the galaxy. So it's a fascinating transition that they're making, honestly. And it kind of, for the first time of this show, I was, I wouldn't say I was completely convinced, but I was definitely it made more sense to me why they would actually turn towards clone troopers but uh sorry turn towards stormtroopers but mm-hmm. it was a nice uh, it was interesting and very affecting way right because it seems very i don't it's not oxymoronic but it doesn't make sense that from a higher level perspective when you look at it and the disdain that we hold towards stormtroopers and the affection that we hold towards clone troopers and in terms of, you know, them just being idiots or the representation of the Empire versus the the Republic and there, it's nice. I like to see them actually go into the differences a little bit. It is very subtle in some ways and it's obviously not subtle in some other ways, but them... uh, kind of just being immediately and obviously just so much worse and their armor being a little bit different and all these things. It is enough of a nod to the past, but it is a clear differentiation or delineation that I find very interesting. And it's a theme that goes through all of these episodes because this, the story of the bad batch is yes, the story of the clone force 99, but more importantly, it's the story of how the empire got rid of the clone troopers and replaced them with stormtroopers yeah and i
0: like the timeline here too like the you know we see all of these changes in one season and that's really impressive we see like basically from order 66 to when the empire gets rid of all the clones
1: yeah i guess we'll see more as the next few seasons come out i wonder if we'll see Hera again or the Cindulas or if we'll see um I don't know the name of that Padawan that survived. Caleb. Yeah. then maybe we'll see him at some point in the next few seasons. Um I don't know if there's any other loose ends. I hope we don't see Sid, but I feel like we will. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was very happy that she was only mentioned in these three episodes.
1: So yeah, I and there's no her. surprise that these are th- some of the best episodes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> recently. <laughs> But I think, like, they definitely, you can see that these three episodes are largely a consequence of the first episode or the first couple episodes. And everything in between is, no, I wouldn't say superfluous, but it's because of them doing their adventures and whatever. But it is definitely, there's less going on. And my only, not my only concern, but one of my only concerns was that I wish they built up Crosshair a little bit more in that depth like showed us a little bit more of that Mm -hmm. um it kind of came out of nowhere his reasonableness, to a certain extent in this episode to a very certain extent but so i wonder what was going on there i have a suspicion that his inhibitor chip was removed after the incident on the scrapyard planet where he was injured because it is Mm -hmm. to the side of the inhibitor chip um, so i wonder if that's what happened there but we still have no confirmation on that i think we will get more clarity in the f- in, in subsequent seasons or we won't and that's still an interesting thing
0: yeah at th- at this point for me i i am over the brooding crosshair i hope he doesn't show up for a while in the next season because i don't know it's only only so long i can watch an emo
1: yeah, I wish there were more layers to him. I did yeah. like the choice to be like, "Oh, this is my choice. This is not because of my inhibitorship. This is just who I am." Yeah. That's a nice touch, honestly. Um I mean, who he is is not really that great on <laughs> to listen to watch, <laughs> but it is at least a good narrative uh, decision for them to be like, oh, no, the inhibitor chip isn't the thing that's making him like this. It is his Mm -hmm. active choice to do this. And they give him a a choice at the end, right? Yeah, Um, exactly. I wonder how they can build out some more depth because you could see the seeds of the betrayal that he felt from Hunter and the rest of the squad um, by basically leaving him behind in his own words. and that is a very that's a good motivation for a character to feel anger towards others but now that he he is going off joining the empire completely on his own accord and that's very clear based on how hunter gave him the chance and extended the arm right at the end there i wonder how his motivation for his character will stay the same and if if this will be one of the ways that or one of the reasons why he will change in his character's arc so it's an interesting thing when we're looking at the future but maybe a little bit less a little bit more to does but maybe it left a little bit more to be desired this specific season yeah
0: i mean i could see him going back to the empire and the empire don't like doesn't want him anymore a because he's a clone and b because he's basically repeatedly failed rampart right and then they toss him aside and then he has like a crisis and then i don't know that's when his catharsis sets in or something maybe he even joins rex or something like that and doesn't really and that's when the bad batch meets him next or something i could see something like that
1: yeah maybe that's a good option i'm not i mean i guess we can leave the posturing to next for next season until the end of the episode (laughs) But still interesting nonetheless. Mm. I, I mean, I was definitely, you know, confusion and potential plot holes aside, I was definitely enthralled by these episodes. They were very captivating, very good, and just kind of like ca- captured your attention in a way that mm. a lot of television doesn't. So kudos to them for doing that. Yeah, the
0: visuals were stunning. The music was on point. It was just great all around.
1: So should we get into the episodes a little bit here? Let's do it. So episode 14, War Mantle, a distress signal is sent from CC 576 from Darrow to to Rex. And Rex is preoccupied with something else off screen. We don't know what's going on, but he signals the Bad Batch to go and rescue this rogue clone trooper from the planet. They eventually make their way in and find a clone commander named gregor who reveals that he has been training what we they haven't really mentioned as stormtroopers but are essentially stormtroopers an updated version of clone troopers that are meant to be replacing the clones and they struggle getting out leaving having to leave hunter behind on the planet as they flee to safety we get a lot of
0: insight in, into this whole change of the empire and the, and its army. Obviously, some more Caminoan dislike of what's going on since the empire has cancelled all the contracts and they're doing. They're trying to, you know, get away. Uh, which I really liked. Which was more one of my my uh, favorite subplots this season. We had get a lot of classic. <laughs> star wars stuff like a military base that needs to be infiltrated there's some lift action there is some bumping into stormtroopers action all real all good fun i really like the reveal that gregor was an instructor for the uh, new recruits which are not clones that was nicely done i thought especially because in the back of my mind was the uh was always the question but he has an inhibitor chip how can he be a traitor to the empire but i like their workaround and in the terms that mm, their like loyalty was was indeed with the uh with the republic for most of it and now gregor is kind of like Nah, i'm over this this is not what i signed up for
1: yeah it makes sense it's a surprising amount of individuality that some of these clones inhibit and i wonder to what extent you know the inhibitor chips work on all of them. So there are some who don't work as well, some that do. And I think in the end, it was just about the inhibitor chip in particular was to execute order 66, right? Yeah. And everything that follows is just about the loyalty that is, uh has been built up over time. And once that mm. republic and the republican ideals are gone, then... Kind of, it's up to the individual clone to then maintain his allegiance or not.
0: Yeah, and it is one of these things, probably where, m- like, men may- maybe there are a lot of clones who have doubts, but since everyone around them seems to go with it, they also go with it most of the time, anyway. Um, we get the one exception on Ryloth, of course, and here with Gregor, we get another example. I just think that's very, very interesting. And that's also a really good reason for the Empire to get rid
1: of the clones too. So, and it's one thing you notice it tends to be captains, those with independent thought, yeah. and potentially those that had more sustained contact with Jedi, because mm-hmm. there was in a there was a line in the Clone Wars as to their contact with the Jedi over time fostered independence and free thinking as opposed to the uh, conditioning that was given to them at, you know, through their genetic mutations. I really liked the ending that I think neither of us saw coming
0: where basically Rampard um, sees through the Kaminoans' attempt to escape. And you, you think that like, he brings the uh, scientist to the prime minister, and you think, okay, that's her end, but it's actually his end, with uh, with a great chilling line. Well, we do need her because she's a scientist, but we don't have a need for te- for politicians anymore. And then the prime minister gets killed, presumably.
1: Yeah, I would imagine. I'd be very surprised if not. And it kind of it kind of
0: like demonstrates too what the empire does with political dis- uh, dissidents, right? So
1: yeah it's very interesting to i wonder what nala says role will be moving forward Mm. it's it's a very specific role that she's going to play clearly in the cloning procedures or uh, experiments of the empire but i wonder if she'll be able to infiltrate it to a certain extent
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was thinking too
1: yeah, I, that'll be fascinating honestly. Mm. But
0: maybe even like Amiga's training will come into play at some point, right? Um when they infiltrate, maybe they kind of uh can do something about it. Mm. And yeah, it's you know, as you I think said like ev- everything points to Grogu and the experiments that were on, on him. And I mean the the facility we see at the very end of episode 16 does look a lot like the one on Navarro in the Mandalorian. So I think it makes sense.
1: It's nice at the beginning that if we realize that the Kaminoans are try- plotting at least to escape, that they know that their their, their usefulness is ended and that they should find a way to survive, essentially. Mm-hmm. It goes to show that some agency, they're actually doing something, honestly. Uh, I mean, it ended up to no avail, but at least they had some sort of direction. Um, obviously the 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 note on the updated armor i find it very particular and interesting Um, i wonder how it compares in terms of i want to know more about the armor switches and what's going on there and how it really does differ for better or for worse than the clone trooper armor and i'm sure at some point they'll have to every like every single show that someone has to dress up in clone or stormtrooper armors just to just somewhere and i'm sure that'll happen in the next seasons and i want to see them kind of put it on and figure out like oh shit this is really yeah. shitty or whatever um it's interesting and i really liked how they were just I, th- I don't know if we mentioned it on this or not that they are so bad at shooting stuff
0: yeah immediately
1: troopers. yeah it's just like yeah i think wow. we
0: mentioned it during the live watching that we just did so
1: Yeah, it's absolutely incredible, and it's just a a nod to the stormtroopers in the original trilogy were just bad at shooting, and obviously Mm. the famous line by Obi Wan when he says, "Only Imperial like stormtroopers can, you know, shoot this well," and everyone's just like, "God, fucking idiot!" Um, The one time, the one time. (laughs) Yeah, I I like how it was Hunter who's been completely unwilling to go into the thing, go into the facility over and over again. And it's really Echo and largely Echo who forces his hand to go in, but Echo yeah. and Omega to a certain extent. And I, I like how that it led him to be the one who was captured at the end. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense that that's kind of how it works. The person who's most uh, re- resistant to do it. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, if Echo had also, I mean, it just had to be one person who's captured, but having it be Hunter is the best for the narrative structure, especially as Crosshair shows up as well. So I like Gregor, honestly. Uh, I find his voice a little bit annoying, um, but yeah. he, his personality is interesting, and I want to see more about him, and I wonder if he will be like the, the window into which they get to work more directly with Rex. So I guess we'll find out more about that later.
0: Yeah, Rex is now just the default to like where all the clones go in my mind.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. He's just the leader of the clones, like the the rogue yeah. clones, I guess.
0: And having somebody like Gregor there who trained the new stormtroopers
1: will be really helpful for the
0: rebellion. So,
1: exactly. Exactly, exactly. I like the note that like is a very small thing that as they're fleeing and hunter kind of tells them to go omega's like no fuck you order them to come back order them to come back essentially and it's it's just a showing or like their relationship is so heartfelt Mm. and it's just a you know it's true to her nature to want to you know risk it all and do something stupid to try and save someone in her immediate vicinity she doesn't think two steps down the road because she's still a child in that way and that i i think is also a nod to what she does in trying to save az at the very very end Um, so she just does something super stupid and when she's in the ship and tech is flying she can't actually turn back the ship but if she had the choice she would so it's a nice thing honestly and obviously um i was a question that i was wondering and i i think it came to fruition but when Hunter's out of the picture, who is in charge? And Mm. I think it just became Omega to a certain extent, or it was very collaborative for sure. But it's very interesting because there is a clear leader of the Bad Batch. It is clearly Hunter. Mm. And when he's not there, the the chain of command is less clear, obviously. And I wonder if that lets people shine. But I guess... We'll hold the like, we'll get to know more about this a little bit later. I want to know more about how their different intelligence markers work, actually.
0: Yeah. One thing that I realized, or like one thing that I noticed when I was watching these episodes, was that whenever someone is in danger, like one of the bad batch, I mean, like, and like Omega cries out for them, it's like mostly Hunter. I mean, and it makes sense because they have the strongest relationship. But it's like, I've never heard her yell, like, Echo's or Tech's name uh, in, like, Distress. Maybe Wrecker once or twice. And she even does it with Crosshair here, like, in, in these episodes, but never with the others. And it's just like, yeah, I know for narrative purposes, it makes sense to focus on their relationship. But it's also kind of, oh, that's
1: kind of sad, too. I think it just also makes sense because she is, he is her guardian in a way. And whenever we're like, you know, kids, even when they stub their toe or hit their face on something, they cry out to the person that they care about the most yeah. or the care person that they like you're not care about, about, about them. them. Exactly. Or who thinks will take care of them. And that's clearly Hunter. And thats I don't think it's even close for all these. Oh, I no. mean, Re- no, Wrecker no. is like a brother or whatever to them, to her. All right. And. They just play around, and I think tech is too cold to <laughs> have any relationship, and Echo's maybe somewhat similar. Yeah, I think so. Episode 15, Return to Camino. Crosshair is bringing Hunter back to Camino and activating his locator beacon, I guess is what it's called, to set a trap for the rest of the Bad Batch, which they know about and are going into. They make their way to the city though undetected via a hidden platform that only Omega knows about through Nala private lab research center I guess. Eventually they get trapped in the training grounds by Crosshair and his squad and a bunch of things kind of ensue and Omega activates some droids and there's a lot of Dialogue in these moments with a lot of things revealed about Crosshair. (laughs) It turns out that Crosshair in the end betrays his squad, killing them all with one reflector shot that we've seen in the past. And yeah, and then at the very end, the Empire decides to evacuate all of their other troopers and shoots the city completely to rubble, destroying everything and sending everything into the sea, including our beloved Clone Force ninety nine. Oh yeah, also AZ makes his his triumphant return in this episode, so we can't AZ. forget that. He's like MVP again,
0: like droids. What would they do without them?
1: Honestly, honestly.
0: <laughs> I feel like we say that every episode now, but it is true.
1: That's Star Wars, is that yeah. droids are the MVPs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see also Kamino getting decommissioned. Um, and Hunter obviously remarks about that to to crosshair Hunter's is actually very quick on the like he picks it up really quickly yeah but it's also one of these things where he says it just so the audience members who haven't picked up on it yet just like realize it yeah i mean crosshair's reveal thing as soon as i saw the reflector i was so surprised but i loved it um because you can uh, because we have the foreshadowing of one of like one of these like i don't want to call them dark troopers because that's something else but like the other troopers that like like basically the gray the gray troopers if you will um (laughs) like one of them says to rampart that she doesn't trust crosshair and i feel like that's something that Goes through this entire squad too, maybe because he's a clone, and obviously the bad badges too, and they they used to be together, so that's also an interesting dynamic in a way. Just because we now we have the uh, like the new recruits and the few remaining clone officers uh, who train them, and I guess there might still be a lot of suspicion. That's really cool. Yeah, I really like that uh yeah and like crosshair helping the bad batch obviously was like a neat neat thing and they had the reveal that his chip was removed some time ago it's just like oh okay so like yeah i i assume you had the same thing happen to you where you just like going through your mind okay when could this have happened what when does it make sense in all of this and i agree with you that it's probably after he got injured in the head
1: yeah, it's a very interesting reveal for sure and it did shock me to a certain extent but in the end actually kind of didn't because before he revealed that I was like writing down so many times what is going on? How is he doing this? I don't understand <laughs> yeah. like what is happening right now and it kind of all made sense when they realized his inhibitor chip was removed. My question was in the wake of that how did his inhibitor chip get or not how but like how was he allowed to just operate without an inhibitor chip for so long by the empire themselves so like if i were an imperial officer or rampart in particular i wouldn't allow him to go around without an inhibitor chip and plant another one if you need to say it was damaged or something i don't know if that's even possible honestly mm-hmm. i guess we'll get clarity on that in the future but crosshairs reveal made a lot of sense and without that reveal i would have had more issues about how he operated with regards to his squad and everything else so it's a interesting uh, you know plot point for him and how he can now be more of a character i think with more wishy-washiness as opposed to only being evil mindset just i'm going to kill people <laughs>
0: yeah i my my head cannon is that maybe it was damaged rampart had it removed because it was damaged, and maybe he just told his squad to be extra careful and like maybe execute him if he if he uh like shows any sign of betraying the empire or something like that
1: you mean rampart said that or crosshair yeah, 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 saying yeah. that okay
0: no no rampart said that about crosshair
1: and it kind of makes sense that the other squad member talks to Rampart and Rampart says, keep an eye on him essentially. Mm-hmm. So I think that would make sense um, because there's more accountability towards him in this time. I mean, my favorite thing about this episode though is AZ clearly. I mean, <laughs> of course he's so cute in the way he spins and just like, it gets so excited about stuff. And then on top of like his, you get some more of his dry humor in the, in the next episode really. But I love how like proud of himself he is when he l- knocks out the other trooper with the with the row of droids or whatever. It's just so funny. I like it a lot. And it made me very excited to watch this episode.
0: Yeah, he's basically a better C3PO. Maybe even a mix of BB-8 and C3PO in a way.
1: Wow, that's an interesting. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think he has the same personality as C3PO though. He has No, no, that's what I mean. Like that's where BB-8 comes in. I see. He's BB 8s personality with the vocal ability. Yeah, exactly. And like some of
0: the humor, right? With the uh, the dry humor, that's also very C three PO. But yeah. he ma- with Az, it's funny. Yeah, because
1: of his personality.
0: Exactly. I
1: like your note that Tech is like C three PO. Yeah,
0: it's true. Even with the goggles and everything, or with the glasses, he looks like him a little bit, like the face too.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I get you there.
0: But yeah, his behavior too, of course. but yeah, I, I agree, like even like the little twirl he does with his like body, uh, that's also always really cute. And yeah, he's obviously the best.:
1: Yeah, my favorite line of the episode, I think, or one of my favorite lines, is when Hunter um, says we didn't have a choice, and Crosshair retorts by saying, "And I did, essentially. Mm-hmm. and it's a great affecting line just being like it really just shows how two people can have disagreements with completely different perspectives and they can't reconcile those this, they can't reconcile those two perspectives because of the different perspectives that they ha- have and they're within their own little mindsets so yeah. it's very it, it both people are right in this argument and whenever there's an argument where both people have seemed to be right it's it's uh, it's really effective construction from a narrative and uh uh, i guess writing perspective
0: yeah i i absolutely agree i think it's just a little overplayed in the next episode like they do it a little bit too much like the the uh, continuous little arguments they have but that might also just be a thing of us binging it like if you really did watch it like week to week maybe that's you have a different view on it because then it's, oh, yeah, of course, they have this agreement, this disagreement and everything. That's just like a little reminder. But it's just if you watch a few episodes at a time, it just adds up.
1: Yeah. And don't forget, these are weekly episodes and not films that we should be watching. So they're exactly. con- completely constructed completely differently. So I agree with you. Maybe the medium should be very different. And those things that seem repetitive w- won't be repetitive for someone who hasn't just hasn't watched the thing in a week.
0: Mm hmm. I also really, really liked at the very end when the Empire is about to shoot Camino down or like not Camino the planet, but just the city or like the the facility. And you see the shots of all these different places, all these rooms like the cantina and the lab that we've all seen throughout Clone Wars and also on Bad Batch briefly just before it's destroyed. And I thought that that was very affecting, especially because it was empty the music was there
1: and it's just like perfect honestly that's probably the most affecting moment in the entire season yeah it was so beautiful to see all these things that we've only seen full of people full of bodies everything going on and like and just empty and in the silence and it was so well done i really enjoyed that and then the scene of the empire just Rampart standing there, and the cruiser mm. just shooting down everything. I was, I was very yeah. affected by that. Very impressive.
0: yeah Also, the cruiser against the backdrop of the dark clouds with the lightning in the background, that was just a nice shot too. Yeah, maybe a little bit too dark, but just like very,
1: very cool. So nice. I like this episode a lot. I think this episode is the strongest of the three. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the and the next episode I think is probably the weakest of the three, <laughs> uh, but still interesting. Um, essentially, so we're at episode sixteen. Camino lost after the you know right after the Empire or as the Empire is still shooting down on Camino. Clone Force ninety nine has to escape the city through underground tunnels, and where they end up accessing the same underwater i guess tunnel that they came in through and make it back to nalase's hideout then some you know more dialogue and eventually they make it out up through some i don't know those what those are called hibernation chambers or something they eventually make it up to the seashore and we have a scare where we think az is going to die but as we mentioned at the top Omega goes after him and Crosshair at the very end saves both of their lives in a very you know, surprising move, I guess. And at the very end of the episode, they're standing on the platform in front of the Marauder and Crosshair is given the choice one more time by Hunter, join them or stay with the Empire. And Crosshair chooses to stay and serve the Empire he has chosen to be with. Essentially, the entire episode is an escape from camino. Yeah. It's it's this problem where you have the
0: big thing happen in the penultimate episode and then you just have to kind of see where everybody ends up at the end, but we're just very focused on the bad batch. Um and yeah, I don't know. It was as you said, it's probably the weakest of the three. Um there were some really nice things I thought, you know, Amiga saving crosshair which was really
1: cool. Yeah, that was really nice, honestly.
0: Uh, obviously, all the shots when they make their way through the um, remains of the facility as it falls apart, that kind of dragged, to be honest with you.
1: All the But all the lines of with AZ, though, are so funny. Yeah. I keep <laughs> it going, honestly. Without AZ, I'd be much more bored. But I love when he goes across here and he's like, hello, you are awake now. You are moments from dying. Yeah, yeah.
0: congratulations. You were not crushed but you will be about to drown so there's that yeah we have a great exchange between hunter and crosshair again one of these disagreements but hunter has a great line that uh, blind allegiance makes you a pawn i really like that one
1: yeah it's a great line
0: yeah what i didn't like again the crosshair omega thing in a way like crosshair is basically after he were they were just saved, like he's about to stay behind and like just basically uh stay like just die, I guess. And only after uh Omega sh- shoots him a glance does he come with them and it's just kind of these like he's he was basically sulking the ho- whole time and just like come on man. Yeah, that's just his
1: personality for better or for worse, honestly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and it's one of these things where like it's not a good personality to have honestly <laughs> it's just like you're just i don't know one of the criticisms that i've had uh every once in a while was like this too was like a little bit too neat with the underwater tunnel and everything and
1: yeah it's like a whole facility in like a city basically fell fell and the water tunnel could survive
0: yeah and it obvi- obviously like it leads to where the ship is and everything and it's just like oh really i mean i don't want the marauder to be destroyed or anything but it's just like i don't know have them swim for a while or whatever but not just Uh, that's
1: fine you're being too nitpicky there honestly i think but there are moments where i'm just like okay but i get it still i guess it's not you know as complex as you want it to be in a 20 minute episode or 30 minute episode but I mean, I wouldn't complain about that. I I sort of more agree with your complaints about Crosshair and and, uh, Hunter sort of going, Crosshair being a little bit too much like his personality, but they're really trying to hit home that it is what it is, right? He is that person, and they're just really kind of beating yourself on the head, beating you on the head with it, essentially. But, you know, overall, I didn't dislike the episode like you did. I liked it. That was fine. I enjoyed it, but maybe it just wasn't as captivating. I, d- I wouldn't say that I dis- dis- gonna be like Yeah, the exactly. The only d- question was like, who is going to die? And in the end, no one essentially died. And that was kind of disappointing, mm. honestly. I was kind of, I actually had a note in which I, as soon as the Az died or was, um, seemed to die. Yeah. Seemed that he was going to die. I was like, oh, cool. He died. I knew he was gonna die. Very predictable, but it was actually nicely done. And then immediately they kind of like pulled the rug from underneath you, and you're just like, ah, shit. Mm. That was like an emotional high point that I really didn't uh, enjoy. But oh, um, uh, sorry that now I wasn't get. I didn't get to enjoy or the sacrifice of some kind, but. Mm. Uh, in the end, I think it was just about, okay, this is an episode they have to get from A to B, and let's see what we can get on the way. And really, the only thing that we got in addition to this, the the whole journey, was the reveal that Omega is older than them. Yeah. That, I mean, and this was also said earlier when Omega said I was there. Yeah. So exactly. it, was, it wasn't it was new, but they kind of, like, brought it up again, and they kind of teased us with more information that we're going to get in the future about Omega but honestly it makes sense because we as we know she is a an unaltered clone so she has to have regular aging and all the other mm-hmm. clones have super enhanced aging so it makes sense that she was actually she is actually older than them i'm surprised i hadn't considered it until now honestly but clearly i'm not uh that intelligent
0: yeah i don't know like for me it was i was just really really confused about how the aging process works because i don't know how old is omega like 10 maybe at most yeah and like that means that the bad batch is like six or seven or eight maybe probably less because omega must have been like like present and more than just the physical way to to see them
1: being made and everything yeah, but the no the Bad Batch could be as um, they they should be around like three years old, essentially. Yeah. So the the they the clones mature get into maturity by like two or three in two or three years. Mm, so okay. it's not like she she would be seven and eight when they were born, basically.
0: Okay, that so, is damn quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's part of the aging process that they yeah. grow up really fast and then live long in their maturity er- years, right? not bad yeah so it it makes sense that that's how that works honestly
0: Mm. i think az's sacrifice was so well done and just like again beautifully shot with you see him drifting away and his lights flicker and then they're out and he's just like slowly sinking that was beautiful but then immediately we have omega just like jumping like right behind or like destroying her capsule or whatever she does. And it's just like, oh come on, really. And not just is it stupid, but it also takes away from the moment. And it sorry to bring it up, but it kind of reminded me of um Chewbacca's like fake death in episode nine. A little bit. Oh for sure. Like you you think he he got killed and then like two minutes later, no, he's fine. He's just captured, whatever. It's like, oh come on, just let us sit with this for a little while. And uh yeah, I don't know. So I didn't like that. But uh... oh, so I wouldn't say overall that I disliked the episode. I think there is a difference between not necessarily liking something and disliking something. Oh, but again, enough. this is also probably nitpicky. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say
0: I disliked it.
1: Okay, and then we're on a similar page in that case. Yeah. I enjoyed the episode though. So after watching the first season in in its entirety, just, I guess, at a larger scale, what do you think? Did it meet your expectations? Did it surpass them? Did it fall beneath them? How were you thinking about this first season of Bad Batch? I think
0: overall I really liked it. Uh, I was surprised to, you know, how much I liked Omega, given my track record with children. Uh, I think, you know, it was a solid first season i kind of tried to stay clear from judging it the way i would judge the latter seasons of clone wars just because just because they're you know they might have been made at a similar time but again clone wars has just so many things to build on they obviously had seven seasons so i thought it would be unfair of me to judge it that way so i think it was like a solid first season we had some really good moments we had some not so good moments or episodes and that's fine you know i think it kind of introduced us to this group to their to their life and brought up some interesting questions added to the lore and honestly this could go many ways in the second season and i'm really looking forward to it so i think it did a really good job What do you think?
1: I mean, very similar. I enjoyed it uh, a lot. It was finally nice to see something new in a way. And it was, you know, I enjoy the characters. I want to see more from the other members of the Bad Batch, more character Mm -hmm. developments and more um, depth to them. And I think I've said that before, but I'm looking forward to that. But it's interesting because you noted reviewing it versus kind of reviewing the latter seasons of the Clone Wars. So now we have two... Disney Plus animated Star Wars shows, the first one being Clone Wars Season 7, and this one now is uh, Bad Batch Season 1. How do you, like, you know... In your mind, how do you think about the quality of these two shows relative to them, especially with regards to the first first section of Season 7 where it was depicting actually the Bad Batch?
0: I think in some way... I mean, if I just compare it to that arc, I think the show is better just because they can focus on the Bad Batch. Actually, it's not like okay, this is the Bad Batch. That's great, but we all are here to see Ahsoka, obviously. And I'm sure there are like there will be crossovers. I think the the show handled it very well, bringing back characters we know, like uh, Rex and Cad Bane, and wh- who else? And but not overdoing it. It's not like every every episode we see someone we've seen before and I think I really I really like that. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question because I can't really compare it to Clone Wars in that way.
1: I mean, I would say that Clone Wars season 7 was far superior as a whole season, um, yeah, largely on the backs of its last arc. Yeah. But the the depiction of the bad batch in that first season in that first in the sorry in season 7 versus this i'd actually say it's very it's more similar than i thought it would be i mm. thought they would change or develop a lot more of the characters in the in the actual bad batch show so i my expectation wasn't entirely met in that way because i thought i would get more but you know it was similar in in what we got so i'm not complaining too much honestly but it's definitely Um, different than expected
0: i hope they can they get to flesh out the characters some more like all the other members of bad batch yeah i'm curious to see where they're going i do like all the backdrop against like all everything that happens in in the world at at large with like the empire coming up and all the changes they make and all the like little things that happen all the little rebellions that spark up i like that a lot and i think that just Goes to show how, you know, sometimes the the Star Wars universe can seem very small and we do, you know, we we see some familiar places, we see some new ones. And I think it's just very different from Clone Wars 2 in the sense that we're always basically on the ground. We're never, as we remarked whilst watching these episodes, we never see Coruscant. And that's, I think that's great. because Coruscant is where politics happens and where like the elite is hanging out and that's not where the bad batch would be and i think that that that's like a thing that really helps this show in a sense um even though of course the big picture stuff is also interesting but it's i think it, it there is something to be said about just seeing the big changes in like a small concrete example you know through rampart for example
1: I'm surprised we didn't get at least one shot of Tarkin in Coruscant or mm-hmm. something maybe of the emperor, even that would have been really interesting to at least get not specifically related, maybe Tarkin just giving a report or something like that. I'm yeah. I'm someone. So I'm somewhat surprised that was the case. Um, and I wonder as the show gets bigger, because I imagine that now they will maybe join the rebellion or start, start like picking more fights with the empire. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the emperor might show up, but I, I'm, I'd be very interested to see where they decide to grow. And it makes sense that this is the first season of television show, so you don't you don't want, you want to hold your punches still. So you're not going to reveal everything right now. So as a complete show, I think this this is a little bit lacking. But moving forward, I, I can imagine that they're going to tap into the rest of the world a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I feel like they didn't want to overextend this show. They wanted to have it just be very solid. I think that's why they cleared, uh, like they, they they stayed away from big overarching arcs and like they focused on just small things maybe.
1: The one like, and I, I'd I'd like to get your opinions on this is, Um, The one storyline I'm looking forward to and I'm wondering if they'll actually do is more and I want more information on Omega and her background. Mm -hmm. Like, what is her purpose? What was she actually made for? I'd like them to try and maybe rescue Nala Se or something like that and get more clarity on the Omega stuff, maybe. I don't know what will happen, honestly, but there are so many things that I'm looking forward to. Is there anything that you're potentially looking forward to for the next season? there's something in a that
0: actually would go great together, together with what you just mentioned and that is i would like them to join up with rex and help the rebellion in, in some way and be closer to that part in a way so basically <laughs> you know be, again like closer to the bigger picture about some developments about some politics maybe but within the rebellion and not the empire And that—that's what could lead to maybe an extraction of uh, thing.
1: Honestly, though, we're just assuming that Rex is part of the rebellion or a recent rebellion. (laughs) So we don't actually know what he's up to. We assume it's with Ahsoka, maybe. Um, Obviously, the Marchess sisters are around. So, I mean, I mean, an Ahsoka showing would be great, please. Um, But we'll see. You know what?
0: This is, uh, You will disagree, but I'm kind of glad they didn't show Ahsoka in this season.
1: Oh, I'm sa- same, 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 okay, same. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. I do not disagree. I mean, the only part of me obviously disagrees because it's like, I want to see Ahsoka <laughs> yeah. every episode of every television of show I ever watch. Like, I'm watching Ted Lasso waiting for Ahsoka to show up, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree wholeheartedly that the first, this first season should uh, have not included Ahsoka. Oh my god. Oh. That would be great if Ahsoka showed up in Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: um,
1: They've some... made Star Wars references yeah. up until this point. They have yeah. yet to make the best Star Wars reference, but maybe they will one day. Mm. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, with uh, the kid watching watching cl- like Clone Wars or some other show that that could work. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would really... I'm curious to see where the second season goes. Um, And um, I don't know, maybe because it's just like a solid first season, I'm not like dying for the next few episodes. I'm I'm rather keen on exploring Rebels now and getting more background also so that I have now watched everything that is in the past, you know, all the other shows that
1: will come out in the meantime. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting. So with that note, I think we'll end our discussion on the first season of Bad Batch. Thanks for joining me, Chris, on this journey. It was really nice to actually watch something new for the first time with you. (laughs) And for those of you listening, thank you for listening up until this point. And join us next time as we delve into the first half of the first season of Star Wars Rebels. And which episodes will that be? we will be watching episodes one through eight of the first season
0: if you dear listener like this show and i must assume that you do because you're still listening uh there are a few ways you can help us out if you want it'll it'll just take like a minute
1: or so and how do they best do that rashad honestly just give us a review on itunes or spotify or whatever the fuck just give us five stars please like it's really important just take out your phone five stars it literally takes as you said a minute less than a minute if you want you can write anything you want in the description you can say great things you can say terrible things as long as you get those five star reviews so (laughs) give us five stars and if you wanted to uh contact us where could people find that You can contact us at email, website, Twitter, all the above. But all the information, all of our contact info is on our website, seriallyhooked.com. So just join, uh, show up. You can contact us. We have a form on the page. You can send up a message. You can send us a tweet at seriallyhooked. You can do whatever. Honestly, we're here. And if you want, you know, just follow us in the streets. Come find us, follow us, and just give us anything, any comments you have in person as well. So We'd like to hear from you in any way, shape, or form. But again, my mouth is basically on the mic. I can <laughs> lick it if I yeah. wanted to.
0: Mine too. I sometimes I have to uh, be careful not, uh, like, not to scratch it with my mustache. <laughs> so huh. that's funny.